on this episode of the YEGMS podcast, I have part two of my interview with Neil Blue. Uh, Neil and I touch on a number of controversial subjects, and, and Neil pushes me a bit. Um, I really enjoyed the talk, so stick around. features the second part of my conversation with Neil Blue and uh, we, we touch on a number of controversial topics uh, primary of which we talk about the liberation therapy or CCSVI as it's also known um, I can't say that Neil and, our, and my view on, on that particular procedure is very different um, but it's not something that I've touched on on the podcast before, and it, it, it tends to be a topic in the in the world of MS that um, really gets people fired up uh, on both sides. So uh, I did write a blog post about it a couple years ago, and I'll post a link to it in the companion notes to this episode. And my basic feeling hasn't changed, uh, you know. The peer-reviewed studies that I've read all say this, generally say pretty much the same thing. And what I can, can say with certainty is not everyone with MS has uh, the vein d- disorder in the neck that is described um, uh, by the, the proponents of that, that, of that style of treatment. Um, so if not everybody with MS has that vein disorder or those uh, constricted veins, then it can't be the cause. Uh, on the same coin, I guess, same, same note, if it can't cause it and not everybody with MS has that particular vein problem, uh, then it can't cure it. Now, most of the uh, stuff that I've read about people uh, claiming its e- efficacy uh, is, for the most part, anecdotal. There seem there does to be, appear to be a few studies that um, seem to give it a little bit of credence, but for the but overall the overwhelming majority uh, don't. So, um, but my opinion on on the liberation th- uh, therapy and uh, Neil's opinion on it don't necessarily we're, we're not trying to attack anyone who's had it done um, you know the truth is if, if I had severe MS where uh, I was confined to a wheelchair or uh, it was potentially life-threatening you know that's different and, and for those people my heart goes out to them because I, I mean I can't honestly say uh, with any amount of certainty uh, what I would do or how I would approach that so um, we, we touch on liberation ther- therapy. Neil touches a little bit on uh, stem cell therapy. And, you know, and then he also pushes me a bit. Uh, one of the things he pushes me on is, is empathy, um, you know, for other MSers. And I've never wanted to come across as though I don't have empathy for other people with MS. Um, you know, one of the things that I 
realize is I come at, you know, like I'm every, like everyone, I come, come at things through my own filter and, um, I would never want to come across as if I'm not being empathetic to the, you know, so to the struggles of, of, uh, other MS warriors. Uh, that's a term I'm borrowing from Neil. Um, but I, I appreciated his, uh, his feedback and I think it's important. And the other thing he pushed me on, um, is I have trouble accepting that I can't do everything that I did before my diagnosis. I always have. Uh, I've always tried to hide it um, and not hide the fact, like, I'm not hide from loved ones when I have MS, but if I was having a bad day, a bad MS day, I would never talk about it. I wouldn't let people know. I didn't want to let on that somehow my life was being affected by, by the disease. Um, but in doing this podcast, one of the things that's really resonated with me through talking to other MSers and uh, through us, it's been an amazing experience to have that access to other people with MS, is it's okay to let people know when you're having a, a bad day. And I know in my own marriage, um, I'm getting better at doing that and letting my wife know, like, look, I'm not doing well today. I'm, I'm you know, fatigued, I'm tired, I don't feel good, uh, I just want to sleep, and, and I feel okay in finally sharing that. I mean, we've been married five years, and it's only been in the last year, probably, that I've felt like I can voice that, and my wife's been spectacularly supportive, so, uh, you know, I appreciate, I, I really appreciate Neil's input, and I think he's a fantastic guy, and uh, I think he's a real leader uh, for other other peaceful people with MS. And as he pointed out, and as he points out in this talk, I refer to them as MSers, and he refers to them as MS warriors. And I think I'm going to start calling them MS warriors. I think it sounds, uh, it's a lot more empowering, certainly. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, this was a really, really good experience for me. And it has been talking to everyone that I've spoken to so far. Because um, I, and I'm learning stuff, and you know, one of the things that's come out a couple times in these talks is the spoon theory, which I'd never even heard of before. Um, but I have said to my wife a couple times in the last few months, like, "Hey, I'm running out of spoons today." And after I explained to her, she goes, "Oh, okay, I get it. I get what's going on." And wow, you know, what what a great feeling. So I want to thank everybody for talking to me, uh, taking the time to do this. Thanks again to Neil. And uh, here's the important part of the podcast. This is. Uh, part two of my conversation with Neil Blue. So listen and hopefully it helps. So Neil and I have uh, shifted position in the city. He had to go to a doctor's appointment. We agreed to meet later. So now we're sitting on a uh, little patio, air quotes, on Bourbon Street in the mall. And uh, he just said something that I really like. So I'm going to get him to repeat it. Thanks, Sean. So we were just talking about... Uh, variety of different things um and we we came across how we were both speaking at the ms walk this year and one of the things that uh that i said at the ms walk was i I spoke about the ms mentor program but then i also said a quote that was told to me when i first got diagnosed and it was i have ms but ms does not have me and then at the end of the speech, I said, we have MS and MS does not have us. And Sean just really liked that. He thought it was a, a powerful statement and I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I mean, I, I use it all the time and I think about it. I use it 
almost on a regular basis for me personally I, I think that to myself and helps me get through some of those days where in my head I'm thinking oh I, I can't do this because I feel sick and I just think oh, it's you can just push through it you can you can get through this so well Neil and I are we're sitting here and we're talking and um, we were talking a little bit before we started recording again and one of the things that came out uh, that I think we were talking about how you, you push forward and stuff and one of the things that I had said and I think Neil agrees with is that for me um, I've never wanted to be treated like a patient and the reason why and I've told friends and family in this don't you dare treat me like a patient I think once you start taking on that persona of a patient uh, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy um, so when he was saying you know I have MS MS doesn't have me uh, I really like that because I've never wanted to be defined by a diagnosis or a disease or um, I want my life to be defined by what I do with it not and what I choose to do not uh, you know something I can't control so um, now we were also talking, and we probably should have had a, we probably should have been recording <laughs> when we were talking about it. But we were also talking. We were we we got back to um, uh, the idea Neil has for the mentorship program, and he was saying that how um, he'd like it to be potentially not just with MS. You know, it could be broader. I mean, you can have people with with with, with different uh, diseases and diagnoses and afflictions and. And that were because I, I can see where anyone who's newly diagnosed with anything could potentially want have a di- want to have a diagnosis. Now and then through that conversation, we started talking about our our interactions with uh, the MS Society. And one of the points that we left on left off on when we left the coffee shop, and I thought uh, was really profound, is I was mentioning to Neil how uh, when just before my run, I got a I got an email from. Uh, somebody who's somewhat prominent in the MS community in the alternative health MS community where they basically said they couldn't they they loved what I was doing with the run but they couldn't support it because it was supporting the MS Society and uh, basically that the MS Society was supporting Big Pharma and blah 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 Um, where and then when I told Neil that he had had an interesting counterpoint to that and I'll let him I'll let him describe what he had to say Thanks, Sean. Uh, Yeah, basically what I was saying is that people don't realize the importance of the MS Society. It's more than just uh, a tool to support MS patients. It's a a lobbying tool. It's it's supporting us in places um, where it can't be seen. So they're lobbying the government. They're they're attempting to, or they are writing grants and, and attempting to get more funding and more research for MS. Um, and those things don't really have a value because you can't really measure how much um, money they're getting and how much research that they are directly contributing to. But those type of things are invaluable, and that's why it's important to support the MS Society. And I think um, people sometimes say, and I, I laugh when I see this, like, they say, oh, the MS Society doesn't want anyone to get cured because... Uh, they just want to make profit and, and, and then they'll be out of a job. Well, that's just that's just not the case. I mean, they have our intentions at heart. I mean, I've talked to a lot of them. I think they're great people over there. Um, 
they, it's not about a job or a paycheck for them. They, they're trying to make a difference. They want to help us. Um, so I, I think, yeah, that's just basically what I said to you. And I think that uh, anyone who thinks that they're just trying to support the big pharmaceutical companies, I, I think that's just, that's just false. Um, I mean, obviously, they need to provide information on all sorts of avenues for, for what MS patients can do. And I think that they do do that. And, and like I was saying too, I think that some of the programs they have aren't necessarily beneficial for 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 guys like me or, or girls my age. I mean, I'm not going to go to yoga or stretching or or group thing at one o'clock in the afternoon on a on a Thursday. But I think even though we're not getting the benefit that other people are getting for from those programs, we're still getting the things I mentioned earlier. The the um, the lobbying, the grant work that they do, um, the voice, uh, the image, you, those things are invaluable. Uh, the media presence, they have all those connections. That That is huge. Um, not supporting them is, is not going to help MS, in my opinion. It's not going to help you. Um, so, I, yeah, the, the person that you were speaking of that, that told you that they couldn't support you, I think that... I think that their their thoughts on the on the subject are just a little a little uh, a little skewed. I wish that they thought differently, but maybe if we had a debate, maybe I could change their opinion. You know, when 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 I got that email, and you know, as I said to you when we weren't recording, and we probably should have the recorder going the whole time because I think we yeah. missed some good stuff. But anyway, when when um, when I got that email. Um, it was kind of tough on me because honestly, you know, that particular person, and I'm not going to name them, that's, that's not my style. I don't, you know, I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus, but um, all I can say, it was disappointing because uh, when I initially got diagnosed with the lack of a mentorship program and a lack of, you know, that resource, um, that person's, uh, the information that person provided, I, I, I found of use. And it, it did somewhat shape my early opinions. Uh, which have now formed since, but it all comes back to me for, you know, it comes back to, I don't like extreme points of view for the simple fact that once you take a hard stance on something, you're not flexible anymore and you're not willing to listen, you're not willing to learn. And, you know, if somebody emailed me today um, at Sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com and, and had any issue with anything they said and they could actually back it up with some sort of proof, uh, they could send me, a, you know, a, you know, an academic journal, a scientific paper, um, some information that I don't know. I'm not against it. I want to hear it. I want to know. I mean, if there's something I can be doing better to get to be well, I'm all for it. I mean, you know, whether it's diet, whether it's exercise, whether it's I don't know, standing on your head. I don't care what it what it is. I mean, I'm willing to look at anything because I just want to be as well as possible. It's not a it's not political for me. Um, so it was unfortunate, but it happened and. You know, with, with Neil's points about the, uh, the MS Society, yeah, I mean, I have, no, I have no reason to believe that they don't want us to get better or they don't want to support us or they don't want to help us. Are they a little slow sometimes? Yeah, they can be. Um, but when you have an organization on that side and you have to deal with the bureaucracy, yeah, it's a little slow. I mean, you would like to see answers faster. And when you're talking about something about, uh, you know, with regards to a mentorship program, which could help a lot of people, uh, you want to see that stuff move forward, but you know, talking to some of your to your local MS office. I mean, it's it's no different than when you when you're at your job. You talk to one person, and they've got to kick it up to the next person. Who has to kick it up to the next person. 
Um, I mean, they can't just all of a sudden do the genie thing, put their elbows together, blink, and then it happens. And I get it. It's, it's frustrating, but it, it, I mean, it happens. So another uh, topic and in a, in a dicey topic and a somewhat controversial topic that we, Neil and I spoke about, spoke about when we weren't recording, um, but we decided to talk about now is the liberation therapy uh, came to light, I think, you know, three or four years ago initially. Um, and and I, and I did write about this on my blog some time ago, probably two years ago now. Uh, and my personal take on it is this. Not everybody with MS, and this is, this is based on the research. I mean, not everybody with MS has the veins, uh, has, that, has that vein constriction in their neck, uh, so it can't cause MS. Um, not everybody who's had the treatment has improved, so it can't cure MS. Um, and then, you know, anybody's personal take on it after that is, I mean, who knows? But Neil's got some opinions on this. I'm going to hand it over to him. So, like I was saying to you, and I, I've said this before too, I, I, uh, my stance on, on I, I believe it's called liberation treatment, and, and I've looked into it. Some people call it CCSV um, is that I believe it's a placebo. It has a placebo effect. So um, people think that they're going to get better because they've heard all these great things and they've heard these stories where people weren't walking and now they're walking. But the simple fact is that maybe it it just helped that person because they felt like they were going to get better. Um, part of the battle with MS is depression. A lot of people are depressed. And if that that creates uh, worse symptoms and causes more relapses from what I from what I've read so by combating combating that with with something that makes you feel good it could have the effect of of making you feel better and uh, so I don't I, I don't uh, I don't say to anyone who's had it and says, oh, I feel great after I sit. I never say, oh, no, it's, it can't work, all that. I, I never say that. I'm sure, I'm sure you do feel great. Absolutely. But um, I'm not sure if, like you were saying, the science is all there. I, I don't know if it actually, I, I don't believe that it actually cures um, the disease. I do think that it does help some people, but I think there's better avenues, you know, like what we've discussed earlier in this podcast health health ways that you can you know eat better or work out or or the med other medications that are out there that can make you feel good so i'm not quite quite there yet i i i don't unless there's something that comes out that totally changes my mind yeah i don't i don't think i'll change my mind on that stance and i i honestly have I would have a tough time disagreeing with anything that Neil has to say, and I think that sometimes, and again, if, if anyone out there has had the liberation therapy, and they, you know, they travel overseas to get it, or, you know, they felt better, no one here is 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 uh, trying to take anything away from their experience. What I'm saying is, from an analytical point of view, um, you know, the facts are not everybody who has MS has that vein constriction. That's just a fact. So. It doesn't cause MS. Now, if you got some sort of relief by getting the treatment, awesome. I mean, no one's happier uh, for you than I, and no one's judging you. I don't think Neil's judging. No one's judging you here. 
but just for anyone who's new for MS, I mean, if you if you look at the Buffalo study or some of the other studies that have been done, it, the hard truth is is that 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 condition, that particular condition, doesn't um, cause the disease. So, um, and simply being properly hydrated can actually, uh, you know stop that particular condition from showing up on a scan um, but anyway so if anyone out there is is particularly upset by anything we've said it's not no one's judging you and if you if you had success with it great and you know I'd even love to I'd love to hear from you I'd love to have you on the podcast you can email me and tweet at me or whatever and we can uh, we can talk about it now another thing that Neil had brought up uh, is stem cell treatment now I, I have to confess that I, I don't know enough about it but he was actually looking into having it done so I will let Neil uh, kind of delve into that hi so yeah when uh, I when I first was diagnosed I, I was having a lot of relapses in a row and um, it's it's quite scary um, obviously you're thinking I don't know if this is gonna if this is going to slow down or, or what have you. So uh, I thought, okay, if this medication doesn't work and I'm continuing to have tons of relapses and lose more and more, I'm going to look at stem cells. What I was disappointed with was that it's very hard to be accepted for the studies um, in Canada. I was a little disappointed with the amount of information out there from the MS Society. I went to the MS Society and tried to speak to people directly and no one had much information on it. But it does show a lot of promise. I don't know if it's the uh, miracle cure <laughs> because I don't like to look at those sort of things. But I do think, you know, just reading uh, different results and following some people on Instagram and different different social medias um, people that are having done are having some success and um, there has been a few deaths um, with the one uh, method of treatment which involves chemotherapy and then stem cells but there's a there's a newer safer method which involves just uh, stem cells and I don't know all the scientific details of it so I'm not going to go into it I'm not going to pretend I'm a doctor <laughs> but uh, it looks really promising and and um, I just wish that there was a little more information. I know that it's relatively new, but I know that they are using it for things such as uh, when Gordy Howe had a stroke. I mean, it's not just MS. I think stem cells um, will be beneficial for many different diseases, not just MS. So I think it's something that would be good for uh, MS survivors to consider uh, looking into and 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 specifically asking for your money to be donated to that even maybe um, I know that I did that when I did my fundraiser I wanted to go to stem cell research not just because I think it'll help myself but it's going to help a lot of people and and it, it it's really cool but that's just uh, that's just my opinion so I'll pass it over to Sean and I think for anyone listening to this you have to remember this is all opinion um, I'm not this podcast doesn't seem, I don't want to at all ever present the image that we're trying to replace the advice of your doctor or anyone else but as MSers and and, and, and for me looking into and, and, and being aware of what's current in, in in the research out there is very important you need to know you need to educate yourself because whenever you see something like 
uh, for instance, and something you'll see, you know, you can see on my blog is, you know, using something like a, a paleo style diet uh, to manage your MS. Uh, I mean, the truth is, I can't prove that it works. You know, um, is it reasonable to think that getting proper nutrition will help you be more healthy? Sure. But that is up for each, each individual to decide. And it's also up to you as an MS, or I think, my personal view, to do the research and be comfortable with whatever treatment course you're taking. But I think that the important thing is, is to try. So again, with it, we're going to talk about liberation theory, uh, therapy or uh, uh, stem cell treatment or anything like that. Uh, again, we're all on the same team. You know, I don't, um, I don't think there's, there's any judgment here. Cause, I mean, if my symptoms were more severe than they are right now, um, which are not that bad, would I be looking into or would I consider stem cell or something else? Sure. Uh, and if anyone out there is listening and all of a sudden they're just saying, well, you guys are just a bunch of shills for the MS Society and blah, blah, blah. I mean, come on. Um, that's... You know, as, as Neil said, they're an advocacy group that is helping to uh, create awareness for people like myself and Neil and some of the other people I've spoken to on this podcast. And, you know, do I find, do a lot of their programs speak to me? No, but I'm, I'm a high-functioning MSer. I, I live a really normal life. Um, I'm not a support group guy. I can't sit around and... and, and, and I mean, I guess in, in a way, this is my support group. Sitting here having a conversation with Neil is my support group. Um, I find this far more beneficial, but I'm also, a, you know, as I said to Neil when we, before we, were, when we weren't recording, uh, my personality type isn't, isn't for everyone. Because um, in my head, there's nothing I can't do, and I don't look at MS and go, oh, I have MS, just stop. You know, I think... The biggest, easiest way to get me motivated is tell me I can't do something because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you that I can do it. Uh, I may kill myself in the process, but I'll, I'll try. You know. Um, uh, so the next point here um, is how people handle and how people project uh, their MS into the world. And Neil and I have both uh, unilaterally agreed that we come from uh, similar fathers in the sense that. I remember when I was a kid, and I'll use this as an example, uh, when my dad didn't care if I, you know, if I, you know, if I had an, a foot amputated the night before, um, if the lawn needed to be mowed, you were getting up to do it, and, you know, if you slept to 10, uh, he'd be merciless on me how lazy and, you know, um, and one of the most impactful things I think my dad ever said to me, I mean, he said to me one time, he said, you know, Sean, you know, the secret to life is this. You just have to be a little bit better than everyone else. You don't have to be a lot better. You don't have to be Wayne Gretzky. You just have to be a little bit better than everybody else, and you'll do, you'll do fine. And for him, you just put your nose down, you go to work, and that was it. And what Neil's expressed to me is the same thing. And So what we were talking about is how, how you approach it. Like if you, for instance, want... Uh, people to feel sorry for you or if you reject that and so Neil what are your thoughts on that yeah I think more or less what you're trying to get at is just that is it okay to have a, a pity party almost and uh, I'll just you know I'll talk about myself personally when I got diagnosed I got a psychologist almost right away and uh, she said 
she said it's she said it's okay to have a pity party if if that's how you deal with it um she said there's different ways everyone's different you can be an introvert and not talk about it at all you can be an extrovert and tell everyone you know you can you can put it out there um and there's pros and cons to both and some of the cons are people might view you as someone who's disabled and lesser and whatever um so it really just depends um for me, I was definitely open about it. I had to be. I was struggling. I couldn't do my job. I was definitely suffering. Um, and I think it did end up being a little bit of people feeling bad for me and a little bit of pity. But um, I like to think that now where I'm at, people don't feel that way for me. They see me as uh, just a person who's trying really hard to get through. Um, and I think the problem arises when you're having a pity party in quote and you're not uh and and you're just staying in there you know and you just want people to feel bad for you i don't i don't think that's healthy i think i think sometimes it's okay to have people say you know it sucks and and i feel bad for you for sure like if you're having a bad time and sometimes you just need to hear that but overall it's better when you feel like you're not sick. I mean, I'm playing sports now and, and people are always saying, you know, you're really good and, and uh, you know, they can't even tell, right? And I, I, I like that because, it, because I'm, not, I'm not getting pitied. Um, I think some people, they push, and I know it's hard, like in the beginning especially, I know what it's like to come home from work and not be able to get undressed, just fall asleep because you're so tired. I, I get that. Um, but you don't have to put it out there all the time on your Facebook or whatever. Whatever means you put it out there, right? You, I mean, you, you have a choice to kind of withhold some of that information. Um, and that's what I tried to do. I didn't try to put out there too much information. I think similar to you, you, you don't try to tell everyone you meet oh yeah there's days where I, I can't barely get out of bed I can't tie my tie I can't tie my shoes I can't I'm having trouble remembering my name but I mean those things happen for MS patients they they do and you just got to push through and I think if you just put yourself in that pity party it's just going to bring that sort of energy towards you and you're just going to feel like you can't get better for me I feel like I am going to get better and um, and I'm going to fight through it. So hopefully everything that I just said made sense to you guys out there listening. Um, I'm not trying to put down anyone who feels bad about it because I know I've, I've felt bad about it. And, and I know that sometimes there's just, I've just needed people to say, you know, it sucks, but you can get through it. And, and I get that, but hopefully you'll take away that, um, if you if you uh, try to see yourself as not disabled, um, see yourself as someone who has MS, but you're not disabled. You have a you have a disability, but you're not disabled. You you can still fight through it. You can still push through. I think that's incredibly important. Um, that's how I look at it, you know. And I I think that's something that people can take away from this podcast for sure. We had, we had stopped recording for a sec, but Neil's actually in the middle of making an excellent point because uh, I do come across as a bit of a hard ass sometimes. Um, 
but that's just me and that's my personality. So I'm gonna hand it over to him because he's making a really good point about uh, being, you know, being able to take some time to sort yourself out. Yeah, so for all the listeners out there, I was giving Sean a pretty hard time here. Uh, <laughs> and it's not because he's a bad guy. I think he's a great guy. But, I mean, you do you need to understand that people with MS struggle, and it's hard. I mean, for me, I didn't want anyone to ever think that I was struggling. But there came a point where I had to go to my employers and say, like, I'm, I'm really not having a good time. Like, I am really struggling. Like, I can't remember anything. It's important to have empathy for those people um, because it's not such a cakewalk for everyone. It's not just a, not everyone can be a functioning MSer. Like, it's just not, it's just not realistic. But I think that if people are putting in the effort instead of just creating this persona, as you said, where I have MS and I'm sick forever, if you shed that away and you say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this on and I'm going to try to make changes. I think a lot of people would have positive results with MS. I, I really, really do. Um, and it may not be for everyone, but I, I really do think that that would happen. But, yeah, Sean, I think you should have just a little bit of empathy for these people. Not everyone can be, uh, you know, a badass 86-kilometer running or whatever, however many kilometers running uh, guy that you are right uh it's not it's not possible but um just have a little empathy and i i feel that for the people out there who are suffering i mean i had so many relapses so fast it was so hard i get that and i know it's it's hard that first day i remember when i said i'm not gonna eat dairy i'm not gonna eat meat and i woke up and i said today it starts and i went three months and i didn't do anything that's that's hard to do but uh, I think I'm living proof, Sean's living proof, and there's a lot of people out there that, that can show that um, you can definitely do that. Now, just, just, just so everybody out there understands, I do have empathy. <laughs> I, I do have empathy for, for people that are, that are struggling or they're having a bad symptom day or whatever. I mean, I get them too. Uh, I think it's just, uh, for me, sometimes I forget that, um, you know, I've got one or two screws loose and that it, it, it helps me uh i don't know I, I don't even know where i was going with that i i just i i do have empathy but just for me i i don't and this is me talking about me this isn't me talking about the the broader ms community and for me i don't accept that i can't do something i don't accept that uh i can't do anything that i couldn't do before i just don't accept it but it's okay for you to accept it. It's it's okay for you to say that you can't be as good as you once were. I think that's important for a lot of people with MS. Maybe not for you because, like you said, you got screws loose. But for a lot of people, that is okay. Um, I know that was something that I had to deal with. I, I couldn't play hockey. I had to learn to accept that I could not skate even though I'd skated for 20, whatever, 22 years or whatever it was. I mean, sometimes it is okay to say my best isn't as good as it once was, but it's still the best I can do. And I think if you're doing that, then you're okay. You don't always have to do as good as you once were, but as long as you're trying, I think you're okay. And I think Sean's best is is just so happens to be as good as he was before. And I think... Um, 
it's because he works. He's he's been diagnosed for eight years now, and he's worked really hard at it. And I think um, over time, it's gotten easier for him. And I think his best is as good as he could have been. Uh, this is just my opinion, but pre-diagnosis. Uh, um, but for some people out there, I know that it's maybe not. And again, I can't disagree with anything Neil has to say. It's uh, <laughs> what, I, what, what, what I was what I was driving home at is I don't I have empathy for other people. It's just I always you look at things through your own filter, right? And uh, you know when I when I when I was training to do that run. When I was telling people what I would do, I would get so many people that look at me like, yeah, right, yeah, right. There's no way you're doing that. And it would just, uh, it, it would pump my furnace like you wouldn't believe. Because um, not only did I want to do it, but I was, I was pissed off that people thought that I couldn't, you know. Um, whether they thought that uh, because of the MS I couldn't do it, or they thought that, uh, you know, you're not built like a runner, or whatever, whatever, wherever they were coming from. It just, it really... It aggravated me, but at the same time, I'd like to thank those people that doubted me because it fueled me. And you know, so if you're listening to this, I, you know, you're an MSer, God love you. I, I completely have, you know, completely compassionate for you. So if I ever come across uh, where you're thinking like Jesus, I mean, that's not, you know, understand. I'm, I'm, I'm coming at it from my own filter, and it's, I'm, it's more about how I'm thinking about how it relates to me, not how it relates to the broader MS community. Anyway. Neil, I think we've got a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to turn it over to you and just final thoughts. Anything you want to, people to know about you, MS, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you about the mentor program. Uh, they can either, you can, obviously you can get in touch with me and I'll put you in touch with Neil, but if, you know, Neil, if you have a, a way to get a hold of you, you can let them know. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I guess just in closing, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty regular guy i just i just want the best for myself and my family and i'm working really hard at uh living the best life i can um, the ms mentor program is something that i'm really passionate about i really love um, if you're interested in it I, I i encourage you to reach out to the ms society and and let them know that you heard uh me speak about it and it's something that speaks to you um, I truly think that if people are able to talk to someone when they're first diagnosed, it will make a meaningful impact. For me, it was huge. The results are there. My, re, uh, my, my lesions have, have decreased. Um, and, it's, and I really do think it's because I was able to speak to someone um, about what I was going through. Um, and, and not like in an overly personal matter, but I mean, you know, like just talking about the disease in general, uh, the first injection when you uh, are bleeding a little bit and you're like, wow, that's kind of weird and you can't talk to anyone about it. It's just nice to have someone there. I think there's a lot of people out there that can, that can relate. I'd love to be in touch with you. If you have MS and you're not interested in the program, but you just like to talk, I, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you. Uh, I really feel passionate about this. It's something that I, I know I have to do. It's uh, something that I think needs to be done. Um, but I guess uh, that, that's great. Um, Sean, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad that you invited me to this podcast. Like I said to you before, you were huge in the beginning seeing you run. I thought I, now I can, uh, I, I can do it too, right? And 
I think that people like you, uh, people like my MS mentor that I had, um, and, and many others out there provide positive encouragement for MS warriors, as I call them. Sean calls them MS MSers, but I call them MS warriors. But uh, <laughs> it, it provides support for MS warriors all over. And so thank you so much, and thanks for the blog, and thanks for doing these podcasts. Well, Neil, thanks for uh, talking to me, and I and and I I really enjoyed our chat. I enjoyed the fact that you pushed me a little bit, and uh, you know I think it's awesome. But anyway, Neil, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. So there you have it. That was part two of my conversation with Neil Blue. I can't say it enough, Neil. Thanks so much for talking to me. Uh, and thanks for, thanks for being so candid. Uh, it's it's really appreciated, and I'm sure that it'll help. A lot of people. I mean, it helped me. So, uh, some housekeeping stuff. I am going to announce tonight, and I waited to the end of the podcast to uh, announce it, but the Really Wrong Run 2016 is going to go on May the 14th, 2016. Um, if it's anything like last year, it'll start at 5 in the morning. And if it's anything like last year, it'll last until... Uh, about seven at night, um, I will be running the whole thing. Um, and my next guest, the, ne- the my next guest for this podcast, has actually volunteered to run the whole thing with me. So Patricia, hopefully you're listening. Um, it's out there. You put it on Twitter today. So you know you better get training. Uh, I'm kidding. I mean, if it, you know, even if she ran 10k, that would be wonderful. So. And Neil, who I spoke to today uh, on this episode, has also started training to run a bit. I don't know if he's planning on going 5, 10, or, or whatever. So we're going to have, for sure, three people with MS running in the really long run uh, next year. Um, potentially a fourth. Dave, who I interviewed a few episodes back, uh, has said he might be able to, to do it. He's not sure if he can commit to it or not yet. Uh, hopefully he can, because I think it would be a really powerful... Uh, Really powerful for a lot of MSs to see four people from your community uh, getting out there, uh, raising money for you know the MS society, but also showing people um, that we can do more. And um, so that's great. So Patricia, who is the spokes, many of you probably already know her. She's the spokesperson for the MS bike, the, uh, the Johnson MS bike. Um, and this is her first year, I think this is the first year of her going solo from the last uh, ambassador. So uh, I'm really looking forward to speaking with her. And once again, really long run, 2016 goes May 14th. Um, if you would like to run, if you'd like to volunteer, if you just want to come out and see a bit of it, if you want to donate, get a hold of me uh, or go to reallylongruntoendms.ca. You can get a hold of me at Sean, S-E-A-N, at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. That's O-W-N, multiplesclerosis.com. You can also tweet at me at ownms.com1. You can search me out on Facebook. You can find me on the blog, www.ownmultiplesclerosis.com. So if you'd like to be at all involved with a really long run next year, uh, please get a hold of me. Uh, also, I'm still looking for more members for my MS Bike Johnson MS Bike team for next year. 
Uh, I'd like to get it up to 30 members, and I'd love to have as many MSers, sorry, MS warriors as possible, uh, join me for the uh, for the ride. Uh, it's a great day. It's a it's a great two days. It's a great weekend. Great experience. Uh, it's great to be around other people in your community, share stories, uh, feel empowered. So uh, if you if you'd like to, to join the battered piles, Johnson MS Bike Tour team, uh, please do. Uh, get a hold of me. Uh, once again, Sean at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. Tweet at me at ownms.com1. And up next is Patricia in two weeks. Talk to you then.